Welcome to the First Love Podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois for Sunday, August 1st, 2021, Communion Sunday. Today's liturgist is Guy Crumley. In this world where there should be enough for everyone, there are still places where people are hungry, even in countries where there should be plenty. Today, Reverend Jonathan Warren tells us of food that endures. There is truly plenty for everyone who is willing to taste and see. Our special music, Sometimes I Hear God's Music, is performed by the Men's Ensemble, including Keith Bradbury, Matt Hollendonner, Glenn Caper, Rich Ott, Dave Truesdale, and Dan Thompson. Our scripture reading today comes to us from Exodus 16, 2 through 4, and 9 through 15. The gospel reading comes from John 6, 24 through 35. The scripture reading today is from Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 through 4 and 9 through 15. The whole congregation, let us listen to the word of God. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to raise bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instructions or not. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked towards the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, They said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sometimes I hear God's music like none I've heard before. The music of the gentle brook, the ocean's mighty Listen to the Word of God from the Gospel of John, verses, chapter 6, verses 24 through 35. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that endures, for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. And they said to him, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, 
was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it, was, it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as you know, I love to grill. As a teenager, my dad taught me how to get the charcoal briquettes lit. The Thanksgiving turkey came off the grill more often than from the oven. When Siobhan and I had our first place, I bought a gas grill. When the girls were young, we got them a toy grill so they could practice. As all Warrens before them, they know how to use the real thing. I grill in the snow, the, heat, the rain, the heat. I like the process and the flavor. I love the taste. When I was in Tennessee, a church member coached me in the art of smoking meat. I bought a small, low-tech electric smoker. I cooked the meat low and slow, only opening the smoker twice. And four hours later, I get delicious baby back ribs. Not only do I love to cook barbecue, but I also love going to barbecue restaurants. My favorites include Rendezvous in Memphis, County Line in Austin, 12 Bones in Asheville, Joe's Kansas City Barbecue, Peg Leg Porker in Nashville, and less than two hours away in St. Louis Barbecue. There's too many to name them all. But just to give a plug for a few local favorites, Marty's hog sauce is seriously one of the best barbecue sauces I've tasted. Jones Meat Locker is where you can get all the good meat. And it was a sad day when Twyford's left. So when I discovered there was a class called Ribs, Ribs, Ribs at Synod School in Storm Lake, Iowa this week, I knew God's providence was obviously involved. I can read theology books anytime I want. I can listen to authors and professors on webinars. I can have attended conferences about evangelism and stewardship, but, but never have I attended a conference to learn new techniques in the art of cooking ribs. Now, mostly, we just ate ribs. To compare tastes, of course, after 18 months of living through a pandemic, this was exactly the thing I needed. In today's scripture readings, we hear about food. God's, God provides daily manna in the desert for the Israelites. And in the gospel, Jesus has just fed 5,000 people. And now there's a crowd who's desperately searching for Jesus. Food is what draws them in. It sustains and nourishes them. And they don't know what to do after it because it's surprising. And so they feel so compelled to drop everything in search for Jesus. They finally find him, and Jesus tells them, you're looking for me, not because you saw signs, but for the food that endures for eternal life. One theologian says, bread in the Bible is about food, about saving people from real starvation. But bread is always about more than food for the body. It's also a metaphor for what sustains and nourishes the soul. 
he's looking for Jesus, have all had bread before. There's something bigger and deeper happening here. That's why they go searching. Now, beyond physical hunger, most of us are in great need of something more. When we taste good things, it can keep us wanting and craving more. In fact, this is exactly what our culture pushes, right? It teaches us that it's important to acquire and, and want more and more. More wealth and power and status. We try to get it, and it's not enough. And we look for the next thing or something bigger or better. It's like we can't be satisfied with who we are and what we have. We get nicer clothes. We keep getting better tech. The bigger house. Fancier smoker or grill, right? Tastier ribs. Always looking for better barbecue places. Now, most of us were barely making it before the pandemic hit, but... Then you throw in three waves and a fourth one heading our way, and any regular problems become that much harder to bear. You and I know what this is like. We keep looking for other ways to cope, right? To calm the nerves, to fill that craving. And the things that used to sustain us, they're not working anymore. Sarah Miles, in her book, Take This Bread, A Radical Conversion, writes, One early cloudy morning when I was 46, I walked into a church, ate a piece of bread, took a sip of wine. I'd led a thoroughly secular life, at best indifferent to religion, more often appalled at its fundamentalist crusades. This was my first communion. I passed the bread to others. And then I kept going, compelled to find new ways to share what I experienced. For Sarah Miles, bread opened this door to faith and a call to discipleship. She organized a feeding program in her new church that has grown and now feeds hundreds of hungry and needy poor weekly. The truth is, as much as we crave something more in the world, it also happens when we taste the bread of life that Jesus gives to each one of us. Eating with Jesus can be dangerous. It can turn your life inside out. It's what happened to Sarah Miles, and it's what's happened with the crowd who's looking for Jesus. In fact, when they finally meet Jesus, he tells them flat out to stop working for the food that perishes, but for the good that endures for eternal life. where it really rubs, doesn't it? Because as one theologian says, we live in a world obsessed with scarcity and thus anxious about getting and protecting what we think rightly belongs to us. Scarcity, anxiously protecting what belongs to us. We're so polarized, we elevate one above the other. We're quick to point out that the other is wrong. Media, politics, neighbors, family, even friends. It never seems to end. Instead of loving our neighbors, we're pushing them away. Instead of worrying about our children, 
Maybe we put our needs first. It's a hard way to live. It bleeds into the very fabric of our churches even. Instead of God's abundance, which we taste here at this table, we instead focus on that scarcity. Instead of sacrifice and love for the other, we're only worried about a small group of people. Yet we see in Scripture time and time again, Jesus feeding the crowd and there's leftovers. Or Jesus feeds the crowd and they desperately start searching for him and he gives them more than they need, the bread of life everlasting. And the miracle here is one of divine abundance. So today when we come to this table, this bread and cup become the symbol of God's creative energy and imagination Bread and cup become the manifestation of God's divine abundance, not scarcity, which is what the world wants us to cling to. So today, as we approach this table, we're invited to set aside scarcity and power, money, anxiety, whatever you're holding and clinging on to from the world, anything that doesn't nourish your soul. Set down our anxieties about whether there will be enough and simply be nourished with God's divine abundance. It will push you to do things that are everlasting, like love and sacrifice, sharing forgiveness, sharing joy, which overflows our cups and the cups of others. This week before Synod School began, I thought I knew what I was going to say at the end of this sermon. Then I got a call about Laura Duvendak, who I knew was sick. She'd gone to the hospital on Monday and found out that she had aggressive cancer. And then she died last Sunday. Laura was 42. She was too young, a single mother who had two adorable adopted children. She's kind and loving. You know her. She's a community leader, a mentor. It was absolutely devastating. And I was at this conference when Randy and Naomi lost their daughter. That afternoon, I was going to attend a, a class called Ribs, Ribs. And I wondered, does food, does food really matter at a time like this? I'd give up barbecue any day of the week for God's abundance for the food that endures, the bread of life, to, to help this family. And then I remembered a time right before the pandemic, a luncheon after a funeral service for Steve Briggs. We're right here, eating together. I remembered the tasty barbecue that was smoked to perfection, 
And when I tasted it, I asked the family where they got it because it was good. They told me that Steve's brother-in-law, Tim Olson, who we all know, cooked it. I was surprised and told him I didn't know retired judges could cook this good. Tim gave me permission to share this. Tim Olson's brother-in-law, Steve, died of cancer. And Tim himself at the time and still now has cancer. And what did he do? He cooked his best for all of his family and friends and each of us to sit there sharing after time of devastation and sorrow and hurt. Smoked that barbecue pork to perfection and we all ate it together. It was giving us the very nourishment this family needed. Somehow this food that perishes in that moment became food for the soul. This barbecue became bread, the bread of life. This physical food became the food that endures and sustains God's divine abundance. It's dangerous eating with Jesus. It can turn your life inside out. Today, we're each invited to receive and share the bread of life here at this table, gathered as a community here together, those online, with those before us, the great cloud of witnesses. We set down our anxieties about whether there will be enough. For nothing in our world can sustain and nourish us like the bread of life and the cup of salvation because it's given with radical hospitality, divine love and abundance. God's love is here for each one of you. You have it here all the time. That is what will overflow our cups. And that abundance will be shared not only with you, but with all those around you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation and visitors can now enter through the east or north doors. Our in-person service starts at 10 a.m. We do, however, ask that you keep your mask on while moving about in the building. In the sanctuary, there are two sections, one for vaccinated and one for unvaccinated individuals. The ushers will guide you to the section of your choice. Those in the vaccinated section can now sing without a mask. Join us at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjax slash and join our Monday First Pres Jax community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. 
This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. You can visit www.firstpresjax.org slash donate and make your contribution there. Or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T. P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. 